Welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. And without any further ado, here they are, the Sports Bros. What's going on, world? This be your boy, Eddie Cool, a.k.a. the HOC. And guess what? It's another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. That's right, the Sports Bros Podcast. But it is also another special edition of the Sports Bros Podcast. Oh, I just flew in from San Diego. Boy, are my arms tired. You didn't find it funny? Okay, at least I gave it a shot. Uh, just got back in from San Diego, California. The whole entire experience was wonderful um let me give you guys a little uh a little life hack or not life hack but something you need to know you work hard all the time you want to go on vacation save your money don't forget to live your life have fun and actually enjoy it man hey we're only here one time man we only got you know hey we're only here for a limited time well not limited time but you get what i'm saying we're only here for make the time that you have here the most go out have fun Take a vacation, experience some things. It has been an action-packed weekend of sports. Uh, everything from Clayton Kershaw falling apart to the Nationals. That's right, the Washington Nationals, formerly known as the Montreal Expos, punching their ticket to the World Series. Wow, that's crazy. And then we still got the Yankees and the Astros slugging it out in the AL Championship Series. A lot going on in the world of college football. Um, don't let me take up too much more of your time. Uh, quick programming note. All three of us, myself, the Almighty B-Live, and the Money Man Scotty D, will be back full strength next week. So get ready for it. But as of right now, I'm going to get off here, finish editing, editing this, publishing this, and I'm finna lay it down, oh, lay it down, only for a little bit. Enjoy. Another action-packed edition of Scott's Thoughts. I like to call it Scotty D's 30-piece. See y'all full strength next week. All three sports bros. That's right now, Scotty D. Take it away, Scott. Hey, hey, hey. Greetings, sports fans, and welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast. This is Scott, a.k.a. Scotty D, a.k.a. The Money Man, and I am the host of this week's episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Yes, once again, my boys, my bros are not with me. They are out traveling the globe. Um, last week, if you remember, I, I relayed to you that they were auditioning for the Ice Capades. That didn't work out. Uh, this week, they are, uh, they're, they're out trying out for the XFL. I'm expecting that not to work out and to have them right back here with me next week. So, uh, actually, in all actuality, as I mentioned last week, Eddie Cool graduated and B-Live was joining him on that journey out on the West Coast. So, again, congratulations. And I will be looking forward to having my boys back with me next week to talk some sports. But for this week, 
I'll be talking sports with you, our listeners, our friends and fans of the show, and uh, a lot going on, a lot to get to as we are in the baseball postseason, another exciting week of college football, and a not-so-great week of NFL football, if you know what I mean. Uh, First, um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit and go back to uh, the divisional baseball playoff series between the Dodgers and the Nationals. Now, the Dodgers seemingly were ready to move on, and, you know, they're in the postseason year in, year out. For a lot of teams, for most teams, making a postseason run would be considered a successful season. But for the Dodgers, this season, I have to say, was a failure. They have gotten to this point year in and year out. The last last year in the World Series, coming up short. And the year before, coming up short also in the World Series. I can remember, and, I, and off the top of my head specifically, not what, but I can remember being disappointed in some Dave Roberts pitching decisions in past years. And this year, I'm pointing the finger right at him. If the name Kershaw was not on the back of the jersey, there's no way you let Clayton Kershaw go out there and get shelled, uh, giving up the back-to-back home runs in the, I believe it was the eighth inning of last week's game with the Nationals. He came in, got his man out, had a 3-1 to lead in the seventh I believe is Adam Eaton. He struck him out. Then he sent him back out there. Uh, you know, he had a couple live arms in the bullpen ready to go, and he his loyalty to Kershaw outweighed a, a, what was the the right decision to get him out of there. And on Clayton Kershaw's best day, when he was in his prime, that dude got shelled in the postseason. He was never a good postseason pitcher. So now, I mean. I, I don't understand why you put the rest of the team at risk by letting Kershaw go out there just to show him a little bit of loyalty when clearly it was time to bring in some some other relievers. I think it's time for the Dodgers to move on from Dave Roberts. I know I'm probably not in the majority. I, I don't think he will be moving on. But let's face it, that Dodgers team, they're young, they're talented. The window's not closed yet. But you only get so many opportunities in the postseason. And any manager, I think, can get them this far. They need somebody to get them over the hump and make better decisions. And Dave Roberts is a good baseball guy. He's a good guy. But I just I, I don't like uh, what he did in the postseason. And it cost them because they are home. While the Nationals have not only moved on, but then they went on and swept the Cardinals. Um from the the Cardinals, they they just flat ambushed the Braves in Game Five with a ten run first inning, and after that, they went twenty innings from the rest of that game through the first two games. They went twenty innings with one hit. The Nationals' pitching was the story of this series. Um, Anibal Sanchez almost no hit him in the first game. He took a no no into the eighth. Max Scherzer was awesome. Strasburg was awesome. Um, Corbin was awesome. They they just they just got out out pitched in the series, and the series was never in question. They never even had a lead. So the Nationals are moving on to the World Series. Uh, the problem with the Nationals, I mean, as good as they are, they're actually the hottest team going right now. They this is a team that was twelve games under five hundred in May, all the way to sweeping into the World Series through the through the National League Championship. 
without Bryce Harper, no less. I mean, I'm sure he's having a great time sitting on his pile of money watching his old teammates romp to the World Series. The only problem I see with the Nationals is that they are so far ahead of the game right now playing great baseball that they now are going to cool themselves off by sitting and waiting because that takes us to the American League. The American League seemed like we were on a collision course all year with the Yankees and Astros, and now we've gotten there. And this this series seems like it's going to go deep. Um, the Yanks jumped Zach Granke in the first game, stole home field advantage. The game in game two with uh, Verlander's start, it was winnable. It was on the table until the 11th inning. Um, obviously, Carlos Correa hit the home run and tied the series up. And then to get Garrett Cole thrown seven shutout innings in Yankee Stadium, the Astros have stolen home field back. If the Yankees are going to go to the World Series, they're going to have to win another game in Houston. Uh, that remains to be seen whether they'll be able to do that or not because they're probably going to have to go through Verlander and Cole again if they're going to do that. Uh, even if they uh, hold serve at home, you know, Astros starting versus starting pitchers versus Yankees relievers, that seems to be where, where we're at with this, and it seems to be playing out that way. The Astros were my preseason pick to win the World Series, and I'm not going to give up on that, although I'm rooting for the Yanks. So that's all I have to say about the baseball scene. Uh, it's been really exciting. It's actually made me want to watch baseball and you know, you had three three division series that went to a game five. I find that more enjoyable right now than putting on an NFL game and watching penalty flags rain from the sky on seemingly every play. I'll get to that more in a moment. Turning our attention to college football. Uh, Clemson and Alabama were both back in action this week. Clemson rolled Florida State. All roads lead to Dabo. Uh... The tide rolled over Texas A&M, and those poor guys, they have uh, one of the best teams they've had in a long time, and they're 3-3. Three and three. They've already had to play Clemson, Alabama, and Auburn for good measure. Um, LSU and Florida started beating each other up. LSU knocks the Gators off as the SEC starting to work each other over. Uh, the Red River rivalry went down this past weekend with Oklahoma holding off Texas. Uh, they won 34 to 27. Notre Dame knocks off Southern Cal 30 to 27 in a close one. And Penn State won a grinder at Iowa 17 to 12. But the big news, the big game of the weekend, at least in this neck of the woods, were the Gamecocks of South Carolina knocking off number three Georgia 20 to 17 on their own turf. This is with uh, Ryan Holinsky, their quarterback, on the sideline. It was a huge win, double overtime. Honestly, I thought it was over when the Gamecocks missed a short field goal in overtime. Uh, I think Porter White's the name of the kicker that missed it. Um, then Specs, Rodrigo Blankenship, who I feel like has been the Georgia kicker since the late 70s. Uh, he comes out. And he misses a 42-yarder to extend the the, the second overtime. Um, South Carolina had four turnovers in the game. Uh, first win for the Gamecocks against an AP Top 25 team since they beat Georgia, who was sixth at the time in 2014. 
Uh, can this jumpstart the program for South Carolina? Get them, get them on track. Uh, we'll see. They they got to play Florida next week, so things won't be getting any easier. Georgia gets Kentucky, but a huge weekend for college football. Um, I find it more exciting right now than the NFL because the NFL will uh, they just won't they just won't stop at the penalty flags. Every game I'm watching. Uh, and I know I said this last week already, but every game, every single game seems to be influenced by officiating. Honestly, I'm not even really, I mean, I'm watching the Cowboys games and I'm watching a little bit of other games here and there, but I didn't watch any of the night games this past week. Patriots, Giants, Steelers, Chargers, Packers, Lions. I didn't have it in me to put it on on Monday night because I was afraid of watching the officiating and man... It showed up. I'm going to say it again, like I said last week. Roger Goodell, NFL office, you have got to do something to make this season better because your fan base is, we're we're sick of this. This is awful. In in the Cowboys-Jets game, there was a series late in the game of six consecutive plays with penalty flags. This is on both teams. I'm not saying it's one-sided. It's not just against my team. It's it, it's ridiculous to have six penalty flags. You have to let these guys settle this on the field. As far as the games go, uh, we had the Panthers win their fourth game in a row. They knocked off Tampa Bay in London. Uh, the Seahawks-Browns game, I watched a little bit of this game. It was pretty interesting. The Browns did show some life. They showed some fight after they got demolished the week before. Again, I, there was an, a, a big call, and again, I saw some passes go off the receivers' hands that ba- Baker Mayfield put, maybe a little bit behind receivers, but he put them in their hands. You got to make those catches. They end up as turnovers. Seahawks win thirty-two to twenty-eight. Uh, the Redskins managed to get past the Dolphins. Uh, they pushed the fish closer to the first pick, seventeen to sixteen, in a thriller. The Saints have gone to 4-0 now without Drew Brees, showing that injuries are not an excuse. The 49ers had a big division win to go to 5-0, beating the Rams. That brings me to the saddest game of the week, and that is the Cowboys giving the Jets their first win. I'm watching three weeks now worth of... uh, Jason Garrett at his absolute most typical. He's led us back to mediocrity. Uh, you you know you watch you watch guys miss missing. <laughs> oh boy, watching the kicker miss kick after kick, and Jason Garrett says, "Well, he's made some big kicks for us." When you haven't been past the divisional round of the playoffs in in ten years, Jason Garrett. What, what big game? What what big game have you cut? Cut this guy. Cut him. You lost a game by two points on Sunday, and he missed a field goal. So there's three. Do the math, brother. I'm watching guys run the ball out of the end zone whenever they're giving you 25 free yards on kickoffs. I absolutely hate that. I'm watching penalties racked up. And not all of them are bad calls. A lot of them are, are good calls. Not every single flag that's thrown is offensive. This is a team that can't score in the first half. Where does that go back to? Preparation. Who's in charge? Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. Do better. Oh, I, I, I'm, 
I'm out of my mind right now. And it's not going to get any easier because the Eagles are coming to town next Sunday night. If they lose that one, I, I might have to be a Dolphins fan and just start rooting for for first-round picks. <sighs> okay. I, I apologize for losing my mind there for a moment, guys. Um, we're going to get back to our nor- some normalcy here. Our, one of our regular features of the show, actually our favorite part of the show, is something that we like to call the Choices of the Voices. This is where I send out to you guys a question each week asking for your opinions so we can kick it around and discuss topics with you guys. So this past week I asked what was the for or what is the biggest goat or one of the biggest goat moments that you've ever watched and goat nowadays gets misconstrued as greatest of all time and you hear people if you've ever seen one of my Scott's thoughts videos on Facebook you'll see that I went on a rant on this a while back. I'm not a big fan of goat whenever it comes to that acronym. But my intended question was biggest mistakes, errors, gaffes, bad decisions in the history of sports. And we had some we had some really good answers here. Uh, so let's get to it. We had, uh, and and thank you for terrible Pete Talansky for helping me out and getting these guys straight on this one. Uh, Jason Weisberg, he's a big hockey fan. He said uh, the Soviet coach in the 1980 Olympics pulled the goalie after the first period. That didn't work out as USA went on to win the gold medal in the following game. Uh, they beat the, the, the USSR and then went on to beat Finland in the gold medal game. Trey Duke, this wasn't as much of a GOAT moment, but a bad decision nonetheless. In 2003, the Eagles and Cowboys regular season game opened with an onside kick. The Eagles tried to sneak one by the Cowboys, and Randall Williams of the Cowboys returned it for a touchdown in three seconds, which remains an NFL record for the fastest ever opening touchdown. Uh, Tom Wynn asked if anybody voted for Chris Webber, and you know what? That may be what I end up going with here. Chris Webber's timeout in the 93 championship game against North Carolina. Uh, Joel Turner threw out one of the more obvious ones. Actually, this is one that I used to illustrate the question on Facebook. And that is the Bill Buckner ground ball through the legs in the 1986 World Series for the Red Sox, it was they were just an out away from winning the World Series. Obviously, that didn't happen. They lost in Game 7. Mets are your world champions. Bill Buckner was injured. He was out there giving everything he had. He shouldn't have even been out there late in the game. He should have been pulled for defensive purposes. Uh, a lot of multiple, there were multiple screw-ups for the Red Sox that set that up. And Bill Buckner ended up being the fall guy in one of the most famous plays in baseball history. Frank Norris, my buddy Frankie, he goes with an umpire. Don Denkinger in the 1985 World Series between the Cardinals and the Royals. He blew a call at first base in the ninth inning. The Cardinals were up 1-0 in Game 6. He blew a call at first base. Led to a series of events. Cardinals dropping a pop-up. Uh, the Royals would end up going, coming back and winning that game 2-1. Uh, if it happened today, replay would correct that. You know, replay... Obviously not a, not a factor in 1985, but it was one of those that was obvious that uh, would have been overturned. And the Royals then in Game 7 would win 11 to nothing, and the Cardinals came up just a few outs short of being world champions. Joey Jacobs, he's a Cowboys fan. 
He cited Super Bowl thirteen, Jackie Smith dropping a touchdown pass from Roger Staubach in the third quarter that would have tied the game at 21. The Cowboys settled for a field goal. Uh, Vern Lundquist said of Jackie Smith, he is the sickest man in America. And the Cowboys fans were sick because they end up losing that game 35-31. Those four points could have come in handy a little bit later in that game. And while we're at it, this was another GOAT moment uh, for Cowboys in, in big games, although this didn't hurt. But uh, Super Bowl twenty seven, Leon Lett getting stripped by Don Beebe late in the game. The Cowboys were already blowing the Bills out, but that was a embarrassing moment for Leon Lett as he was returning the fumble and got caught at the one-yard line, and uh, BB ran him down and stopped that. And then the following season, Leon Lett at that point seemed to be doing something rather stupid on an annual basis. Uh, the following year on Thanksgiving in Dallas in the snow against the Dolphins, he slides and tries to recover a kick that he didn't need to recover and gave the Dolphins the win. Ultimately for Leon Lett, it worked out because that was the last game the Cowboys would lose that year as they would go on and repeat. Uh, Uncle Max, Uncle Max said the Mark Sanchez butt fumble. That was another Thanksgiving moment against the Patriots a few years back. That was a pretty embarrassing moment. That was maybe a goat style moment. And then he also brought up a big one, and that was Bartman at Wrigley Field. Steve Bartman reaching up and pulling the foul ball away from Moises Alou in the 2003 National League Championship Series. I think the Cubs were five outs. If I want to say. If I'm not mistaken, something like that, four outs, five outs from winning, from beating the Marlins and going on to the World Series. That didn't happen, and Bartman was made the Chicago GOAT for many years, even moved out of the area. Uh, Jeff Styles, my fraternity brother from Cal U of PA, my TKE brother. Uh, both he and Pete Talansky pointed out the wide right Scott Norwood failed field goal in January of 1991, for the Bills, losing to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Uh, to this day, I still think that may be the best Super Bowl I ever watched, regardless of the outcome, but the Scott Norwood uh, miss set off the string of four consecutive Super Bowl losses for the Buffalo Bills. So that was an extreme heartbreaker. Damon Benko, he says the Seahawks in the in the Super Bowl Super Bowl 49 not giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch not going beast mode on the goal line and we remember what happened there Russell Russell Wilson came out throwing and Malcolm Butler picked him off and that ended that sealed the deal for another Patriots Super Bowl uh speaking of Bills Bruce Diamond the old boss at overtime he went with the Music City Miracle uh where the Tennessee Titans Ran the kickback against the Bills, knocking them out of the out of the postseason. Uh, he cited the idea to pooch kick it at the end of the game as a terrible decision. Um, I thought the decision to start Rob Johnson in that game was a terrible decision. Whenever Doug Flutie was winning some games for Buffalo that year, that was Wade Phillips though, and he was known for bad decision making. And he ended up being the head coach of the Cowboys and took another four years off of my life. All right, those were from our uh, our listeners. Um, our own Eddie Cool, he says the Falcons' epic collapse in the Super Bowl against the Patriots just a few years back. Uh, that was an overall team blunder, not as much a goat moment, but 
for the coaching staff, that was a goat game. Um, <laughs> they they <clears throat> they seemingly were rooting for the Patriots, and uh, they got their wish as the Patriots came back and won that game. And be live, he's going with Clayton Kershaw because again and again he gets shelled. Again, we I, I, I briefly touched on that earlier, but Clayton Kershaw in Game Five of the NLDS threw six pitches, two home runs. And he got an out. Good for you, Clayton Kershaw. Um, <clears throat> man, there, I had a lot of different ones I was thinking of uh, thrown out here. Um, I was thinking of Scott Hoke. He's a golfer who missed a two-foot putt in the first playoff hole of the 1989 Masters. He lost to Nick Faldo. Uh, Nick Faldo, also the recipient of a, a GOAT final round from Greg Norman in the 96 Masters. So he won two Masters. Because dude's just messing up. So Nick Faldo is the opposite of having those big sports gaffes. Uh, I thought about J.R. Smith uh, in the 2018 NBA Finals. Pulling a rebound down for the Cavs. And then dribbling the clock out with 4.5 seconds. They went into overtime and the Warriors took game one. And there was no looking back from that. And speaking of game ones of NBA Finals. Um, 1995, Nick Anderson of the Magic goes to the free throw line. Up 110 to 107 with 8.5 seconds. He was a good free throw shooter. He missed them both. And then incredibly, he got his own rebound and got two more free throws. Missed both of those. And then Kenny Smith, Kenny the Jet Smith hits a three-pointer for the for the Rockets. They tie the game up. They go into overtime and they end up sweeping the magic altogether. Um, there was also a, another one I considered. There was a guy named Darius Washington who played for Memphis in 2005 and in Conference USA Championship against Louisville. Uh, they needed to win the game to get into the tournament. They were down 75-73, and he got fouled with zero time on the clock, and he was another guy who was a good free throw shooter. So down two points with three free throws, he could either win, lose, or tie that game up he made the first, then he looked over at his coach and his bench and declared, this one is over, and he promptly missed the next two free throws, and they lost, and he was inconsolable. But I'm going to go back with to what Tom Wynn alluded to earlier, and uh, Chris Weber in the 1993 championship against North Carolina. I think that's my choice as the biggest GOAT moment because Weber, he actually turned something positive out of that. Uh, he ended up... Uh, when he went to the NBA, he had a foundation called the Timeout Foundation, and and end up being a an outstanding NBA player. But in that game, uh, they were down seventy three, seventy one, I think, and Weber pulled the rebound. And if you remember correctly, he traveled and got away with it. Then he dribbled himself into a corner where other teammates or coaches were signaling to call a timeout even though they clearly didn't, did not have one. And uh, Chris Weber was forever fitted with the goat horns for blowing that. My question at that point, though, Chris Weber pulls down the rebound. Where is Jalen Rose? He's your point guard. Why is he not coming and taking that ball off of Chris Weber? That whole thing could have been avoided, and the Fab Five may have ended up getting a W in that championship. But Chris Weber... To me, Bill Buckner and Scott Norwood, those are probably the three biggest on the list. But, man, thank you guys for all those responses. There was a lot to choose from, 
and a lot of uh, a lot of things that I had not even thought of. Uh, I liked the Don Denkinger call. I liked the Steve Bartman call. So you guys were very creative when it came to that. All right, um, I don't have much in the way of pepper uh, this week. Um, oh, actually, yeah. Before I get on it, let me throw uh, let me throw out our question of the week for next week. So, uh, with the Red River rivalry uh, this past week, got me thinking about big college football rivalry games. My question to you for next week is: What is the best college football rivalry? And what is your most memorable moment from that? So, yeah, I need a little bit more than just picking a rivalry. I want to hear something that stood out in your mind or that you can remember that makes that rivalry great. A good or bad moment. It could be a heartbreaker for you. It could be something that you think was awesome that happened. But um, that is your question of the week. What is the best rivalry in college football and most memorable moment from that rivalry we will kick that around next week i know i'm a little bit early from rivalry weekend but i'd rather be ahead of it than behind it so that'll be coming up shortly here as well all right uh the only real pepper point i had i wanted to throw out this week i've, I've taken up enough of your time with my insane ramblings but um heavyweight boxer tyson fury is now signed up for a match with Braun Strowman of the WWE. They're going to be fighting at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia, I believe on Friday the 25th, somewhere in there. Don't be mad at me if I'm incorrect on that. I, I really like this Tyson Fury guy. He the, the last couple of years, I've seen him in interviews, and I've seen a couple of his fights, and he's got a lot of personality and a lot of, a lot of heart. And I'm looking forward to seeing him fight Deontay Wilder. Truthfully, I don't think you're going to see a good match here between him and Strowman. I think it's going to be something crazy off the wall. They're going to end up being tag partners or someone else is going to be involved. There's no way Tyson Fury is going to lose this match. There's no way the WWE can afford to have Braun Strowman lose to a boxer from the outside. And Fury just had some plastic surgery on his eye. So there's no way they're going to let this guy... The WWE is not going to put... one that much money at risk for this guy to have him go out there and goof around and crack his eye open again. If that's the case, they're going to be in the penalty box, which is where currently Jason Garrett and Clayton Kershaw reside for their shortcomings over the past couple of weeks. All right, guys, um, keep up with us on Facebook. Uh, the, my, my creative partners, Eddie Cool and Live, they are frequently on there. Uh, they also put out some videos, What Happened Wednesday. Uh, Eddie occasionally will do the Tranquilo Thursday, and I will occasionally do Scott's Thoughts. So just keep up with us on, on our social media platforms. There are many, but Facebook is our is our main one. That's where we do our Choices of the Voices question each week. And I look forward to having my partners back with me next week. I thank you all for listening. I thank you for your participation. And until next week, remember, God loves you, and so do I. Have a great week, everybody. Go Cowboys.